Okay, Tishi, we've had a problem here. From the middle-aged momish studios in hot and sunny Austin, Texas, it's this show has everything. And since America is a depressing trash ball, the gang here has decided we need a different view. We've inoculated against the measles and are heading out into space. Joining me on this 51st anniversary of Apollo 11, I obviously have future participant in Space Camp from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne with a plan Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Hillary. I mean, Mission Control. <laughs> yes, yes, please. I'm Jean. I'm, I'm the Ed Harris of this. Of this. Oh, are you wearing that white vest? <laughs> yes, of course, obviously. <laughs> I don't think he does, but I might be chain smoking as well, so just get ready. Um, <laughs> we definitely couldn't have a space show without this guy. Joining us from Garageland Studios in Lidwood, Washington, it's Mr. Space himself, Jeremy Holmes. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Well, oh, that, was my, you- that was my cool astronaut. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. It's me. Hello. I just, I didn't know that you had entered the Mr. Space pageant, much less that you had won it, Jeremy. Actually, that's like one of my favorite um, Jetsons where it's like Miss Universe or so, or like Miss Galaxy, I think. It's so 60s uh. and sexist, but I love it so much. <laughs> Um, um, though we blasted off to the final frontier, we'll definitely do some small talk, some medium talk. T she recommends housekeeping and how you can get involved. Um, with that, let's do some small talk. Um, we have a gym tracker update. Um, <laughs> thank you to Danny Coons for donating a little bit to our jam tracker. We really appreciate it. Uh, every little bit helps and that's awesome. Going to space is expensive, and there are bound to be some jams. <laughs> uh, Everything the movies have taught us. No. There's always a jam. $10,000 a pound. <laughs> Imagine, ooh, can we buy some like space ice cream stuff, even though it's kind of garbage? <laughs> Dippin' Dip, Dots? Yes. Dip dots? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. That's what we'll do. At the, that's what we're going to do at whenever we can picnic again. We'll, we'll have some... Uh, Dippin' Dots, for sure. Space food? Christy, Christy got Tang. a case of those. Like, she got a huge styrofoam container of them delivered to our house. God love Christy. <laughs> <laughs> she likes a bulk buy of that kind of stuff, and I oh, love yeah. it. Yep. That's the best part of going to the zoo, is getting the Dippin' Dots. I know. I know. You know, my dad, who loves space, he was so cheap about that stuff. I'm like, please. And he's like, we're not spending money on, you know, because it's always so randomly expensive. <laughs> That's all I want. Oh, yeah. We, we, you know, when you go to the amusement park and all I wanted was the frozen lemonade uh, from the little cart Yes. Thing. Yes. You're like, it's hot. This is what I want. Too much sugar. Don't, don't you love me? You've <laughs> taken me here and spent, you know, $150 on tickets. <laughs> yes, Actually, when, when I was a kid, I went to um, Kennedy Space Center out in Florida. And uh-huh. we went to the, like, lunchroom there to uh, eat lunch. And my family, we went out, like, once a quarter. And when we did, it was to Taco Bell. And we could pick three things off the 79-cent menu. <laughs> and then we would get, like, the 89-cent... <laughs> Like drink, and that would be our fancy going out dinner. Well, we went to the lunchroom at Kennedy Space Center, and we got all the stuff and went to go check out, and it was like eighty-five dollars. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I remember, I remember the look on my parents' face, and then I remembered my dad going, "Well, it's going to a good cause." <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that stuff man. is expensive. No dipping yeah, dots. Though. Seriously, no dipping dots. Damn. I, I like that um, our parents apparently felt the same way because 
back in the late 80s and early 90s, my dad would take us to Taco Bell every once in a while because you could feed a family of five for 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We were comfortably like middle class. I'm guessing. I don't. Oh yeah. I don't totally. have any memory of of ever wanting for anything. Uh, but apparently, we lived. We lived like we weren't. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny because Dave and I share a lot of sensibilities, but his family for sure did not go out to eat like that. I mean, occasionally, I guess, but that was not a thing that they did. And I'm such a brat. Like we went out to eat. That's what we did as a family is going out to eat. And so when I take the kids and it's always, it always ends up being more expensive than you think because I might get like one or two glasses of wine as well. And it's like, and there's, you know, it's like $60 for the kids and me to (laughs) go out to eat. Dave's like, stop spending money on that. These kids are brats. (laughs) It's cheaper if you bring your own wine. I know. I know. Sneak it in my purse. you're allowed, are you? (laughs) I well, mean, not I technically. Get... <laughs> I can bring like my own ranch dressing in my purse or something. That's about the extent of it, I think. Uh, what was I? What was I listening to? Where um, this is space related? Where they said that for the Russian astronauts, they actually have a little zip uh, pouch in their space, not suits, you know, space jumpsuits. Yeah. Um, that's for the vodka flask, just a little really? vodka flask. Yeah. Wow. It really is embedded in their culture. I remember taking an international studies class and the guy was like, um, oh, not Gorbachev. What was the one? Yeltsin. He was like, he was just drunk all the time. Like, that's all he was. Oh, he yeah. was drunk all the time. I'm like, wow. I mean, now that you know that, you look back at him and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now I see. And that's why he was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to be communist anymore. It's not a big deal. That was why he was so red and sweaty <laughs> all, all the time. <laughs> the bulbous nose. All right. Somehow small talk really bearded. <laughs> Some different directions. But okay. Jeremy has to give a content warning. So Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to provide some uh, context, I guess, if you guys hear weird sounds in the background. Um, sometimes when I'm talking <laughs> about space or other people are talking about space, I can get uh, weepy and it Aww. comes on suddenly and it can come on uh, hard. So it might not happen, but if it does, uh, just don't be scared. <laughs> and, uh, it's and if so pure. <laughs> I love it. And if you're uh, if you're sensitive to to weird mouth sounds, um, just 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 be aware. <laughs> I'll try and I'll try and back off the microphone. Christy said you've had several episodes like in space museums and stuff. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> just we we went to go weeping. we went to go see the space shuttle down in Los Angeles, and the first time I went there, I walked in the room and like immediately was just like, <gasps> and then I looked over and there was this uh, there was this little girl like standing in front of uh, one of the modules that goes in the back of the like cargo area of the space shuttle and like sketching it all out and she had a a little like patch on and uh and I just started weeping I was just standing there cry- crying and christy goes you should you should probably uh you should probably not just stare a <laughs> <laughs> small child yeah. Yeah. I'm just, it's crying <laughs> it's so beautiful. I always want to explain to people though when like when we're on vacation and we don't have Elliot with us and I see other kids and I always I'm like oh man I miss E and sometimes I tear up a little or something and uh I'm like I always want to go over and explain to other parents it's not weird it's not weird because I have a kid too that's about this age <laughs> but I haven't seen her <laughs> so I mean it's it not wasn't weird. weird until you felt like you had to go over and tell them it yeah. wasn't weird yeah yeah <laughs> My goodness. Well, it's okay. I like the emotion. It's pure and genuine and lovely. So, 
don't need to be scared. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Right. I'm into it. Yep. Um, okay. And then you also have a point of clarification, Ray, quarantine shaming. Yes. Yes. And so I think, I think uh, when I heard you guys talking about it on the show last night, by the way, I, I wasn't even going to send that. I, I typed it and I thought that I didn't hit enter. I thought that I didn't send it. <laughs> Until I heard you guys <laughs> read it on You're the like, show. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> no, it was like, a good oh. it was a good topic. Well, I, I think that um I think that you guys made the mistake of listening to the actual words that I said instead of my <laughs> intent. Because <laughs> oh. what I was trying to say, what I was trying to say was um like, is it okay to have conversations with people that are maybe in your life. Now, I'm not talking about like yelling at the lady at Safeway that's not wearing a mask or the guy. It's probably a guy, let's be honest. And uh, uh, I'm talking about um, like, you know, your parents not making the greatest choice or one of your friends or family or, you know, one of your internet friends out there, uh, somebody that you know and kind of have in your life. Um, is it okay to maybe not shame, but is it okay to go to them and say like, hey, these are maybe not the safest choices you're making? I don't know. I mean, like, I get what you're saying, but totally. But I think the point still stands that people, like, I don't know, they just dig in. And if they're not wearing it, there's like a, I don't know, I'm like, there's a reason they're not wearing it. I don't know. I just have a, I don't have a problem with it. But like, I'm trying to put myself in those, like, you telling me, Hillary, you need to wear a mask. Eventually, I would come around and be like, yeah, you're totally right. But my instinct, my instinct would be like, don't tell me what to do. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get it because you're like, I need to say something because they're doing something wrong. And like, it, like they should like they should know that. But I don't know. People it's, are so complicated about that stuff. It's a it to me. It's kind of like how I think Christians should act. Like if you really believe yeah. that the only way for me to get to heaven is to you know accept God as my savior or uh, or I'm going to burn in hell for eternity, then you should be doing everything possible to try and get me to go to heaven. And yeah. and the fact that people don't kind of makes me wonder sometimes, like, where, where are you at with your belief? <laughs> uh, but I feel the same way about this. Like, I'm very much live and let live in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I should say I try to be. I'd like to think of myself as that kind of person. I'm probably insanely judgmental. But, but when it comes to this, it just... I, I I don't even know what the what the right position is, but I just it it like throws all of that out the window because it's not just like that other person. It's yeah. it's affecting I know. it's affecting other people. My well, family, your family. Yeah, I know. So. I think I think it's at this point it's a problem of timing. I think if we could have had real conversations about this three, four months ago, I think you may have, you know, had more success. In, yeah, yeah. In changing people's viewpoints, but I think at this point, it's all on such a hair trigger that it's like there's sort of everybody is so entrenched at this point. I think that it's it's going to be hard. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's become yeah. so political now. You know, it's just as like like I was saying. I just feel like people are making a choice now as opposed to being uninformed. Um, yep. And that's frustrating. Like I, I tried to, I don't know, call my my Facebook feed a little bit. So, not like it's just people who believe exactly what I believe, but more like, you know, people who have good hearts and 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 you know, I don't know, aren't saying ridiculous things. But I'll have a few pop up where I'm like, oh my gosh, there is this whole 
group of people that believe that this is a grand conspiracy and that the virus will be mm-hmm. magically gone in November, you know, November 4th or whatever, the day after the election. Mm-hmm. And if you wear a mask, that means the terrorists have won. Yeah. Sort of yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that's pretty much all my Facebook is. Like I'm not I'm not even joking. Like I I have uh yeah, yeah, I, between my my past life as a Christian and my um more recent uh life in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, um a lot of the people in that program are uh a little nutty, <laughs> a little, yeah. a little nutty about this stuff, and uh, searching for answers. Let's yeah, put it that way. yeah. So I perhaps have... <laughs> grasping the wrong thing let, in some ways. Let me just say it's a target-rich environment for extremism. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I, I, the, the only other thing I'll say. Sorry, I know I talk a lot sometimes. Um, the only other thing I'll say is that I, I, I mean, I came out of a really conservative upbringing, and one of the ways that I changed was by observing people fight on the internet. Like I would go find people that made me angry or thought differently than me. And I would try and figure out why they felt the way they did. And that usually involved me like digging deep into the comment threads and like reading people's interactions and reading their fights. And so I think about that a lot as I'm fighting with people on the internet, um, that knowing that I'm not going to change that person's mind that I'm talking to probably who knows, but, but maybe there's a bunch of, you know, for every person that's being a, dipshit in the comments you know there's probably three or four people <laughs> hanging back and just i just mean end, so. that's a good that's a good point though because i mean what we're saying is that it's it's pretty useless to try and talk to a person directly about it because they are entrenched and defensive but if there's somebody observing who's not the person who feels attacked then maybe there is room for that yeah yeah and that's why i always go change. to my friends my my bonkers friends walls to uh to have those conversations because i'm like their (laughs) friends need to see this (laughs) and again i mean we've reiterated this like maybe this is the third time it's like asking questions is better than accusations and i'm i it is a constant um some it's something i have to learn about all the time because i always want to be like you didn't do this and you're dumb because of it and la 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 and that's just like it never works actually ever sometimes with my husband but then i have to like <laughs> turn on tears a little bit and get really upset and but then i feel bad so it never works really now i have these moments in therapy where my therapist goes well what do you mean by xyz and i'm like shit because i know she's got me <laughs> damn it <laughs> it is a, it, forced to confront some deeply held assumptions god damn it <laughs> i'm not ready to let go of those <laughs> i need those <laughs> it helps me in my daily life well i mean it's definitely something you know it's just going to be an ongoing thing and now it's it's getting into school talk and whether or not opening up schools is good and the various positions on that. And it's just, it's, it's just that we're in it. Yeah. I think the real mistake we make is in thinking that it's a simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we're just messy. We're messy people. I know. <laughs> I know. And we have, we're messy people. We have no, you know, state support, state meaning like the larger government or your actual state. It's just as there's mixed messages and everybody's confused and there's whatever. It just sucks. Yeah. So. We're all doing the best we can. Yeah. yeah. Except for Betsy DeVos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I think Colleen called her like Miss MLM. Like, (laughs) 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 all right, all right. (laughs) Let's get on with it. Let's get on to the mailbag. So last week we talked about Detroit movies, Jeremy. You were a big fan of Detroit, correct? Big fan. Big fan of Detroit. Yeah. In fact, I tried I tried Detroit driving in Seattle. <laughs> extremely disruptive. <laughs> extremely disruptive. Uh, but, you know, Seattle driving in Detroit, even more disruptive. <laughs> like, imagine. Ar- arguably more dangerous, I would say. <laughs> the closest I've gotten is Cleveland driving, mm-hmm. which is if you slow down because the light's turning yellow you're gonna get (laughs) (laughs) rear-ended yeah i i was um i think christy mentioned it on the show but i i always get myself over my head because i'm overconfident and um i think i'm invincible and uh i remember driving around detroit and being like yeah this is a little this is a little sketch but it's all right and Meredith was like genuinely concerned <laughs> about where we were and was like, don't stop. Seriously, don't stop. And, and I was, well, this is a real thing. This is, uh, this is legit. But, but yeah, I mean, it has all the benefits of a big city, except for there's parking and uh, stuff is cheap and it's, it's, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, but you haven't been in the winter yet. Mm, that's true. That's true. I think I think you need to try that before you make the decision to move there. I think I could deal with the cold better than the heat. But yeah, I'm know. the same way. That's why I live up here. Like I said, I'm overconfident, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I would be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fine. Well, so coming off the heels of our Detroit discussion, we talked about Detroit movies, and therefore our question of the week was: What movie makes you think of Detroit? Uh, a lot of people think of the same movies that we thought of, which, you know, makes us secure in our choices. <laughs> yes. We did really well, but there were a few others that came up. Edward said, out of sight. Oh, that's um, a good one. Was that, was that the first, like, big movie that Clooney starred in? I thought it was, like, when he was evacuating from the ER. Yeah, I mean, I think he had been in some other stuff but hadn't quite clicked, but that was the first one that you're like, oh, okay, like, he's a good actor. And, like, well, and they had such palpable chemistry in that that it was like, yep. oh. You mean, what was it, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? <laughs> no, I don't think that was... Wasn't the launching vehicle for his career. <laughs> Unfortunately not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, I like that movie. I almost picked it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. And it's, yep. it's J-Lo's, like, I mean... They are very sexy together. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tier and Scott and Gregory all brought Robocop, another <laughs> indelibly Detroit movie. Filmed in Dallas. In so long. Really? Part, yeah, a lot of it was filmed in Dallas, which is funny because huh. they don't really look alike. But I remember being very scared of Robocop. Like that movie is like really, I don't know why, just frightened me. <laughs> a vision of the future. Yeah. Uh, Ken, who... I don't know. I feel like Ken's cheating because he's from Detroit. So when he picks a movie called Detroit, <laughs> Ken knows. <laughs> yeah. We can't argue against a movie from a person um, from Detroit named Detroit. Okay, fine. Alicia says, are we counting Beverly Hills Cop? I don't want to break the rules again. <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. The tagline of those movies really should be, quote, boy, I don't know how things are in Detroit, but. <laughs> yep. yep. 
Um, I know you don't want to break the rules. I appreciate that, Alicia. I seriously wanted to pick Beverly Hills Cop just for the first 15 minutes set in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, just for the banana up the tailpipe scene. That was a banana, right? I think so. God, it's been Eddie. so long. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's, it's good. good. It's good. It's Eddie Murphy at the height of his powers. Yeah. yeah. I think I need to start a podcast where I just watch all of the movies that everybody else have seen and then talk about them. <laughs> that actually is not a bad idea. It's like you make a list and then the people who recommended it to you, you have that person on to discuss it. Or here's the twist. You have guests who haven't seen a big movie, like how I've never seen Titanic. <gasps> and then we watch it and I come on and talk about it with you. Ah, oh, my God. There we go. There we go. I want to be on that show. I have so many. <laughs> I'm like I have so many feelings about it. <laughs> um, uh, finally, Burton has one called "Crossing the Bridge." Hillary, I've never heard I, of this. N- one. Do you know? No, it? I've never heard of it. It sounds like hmm. an animal dying movie, but <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't okay. It's was 1992. Let's see who's in it. Uh, Mike, but I don't. Okay, Mike Binder. I mean, Josh Charles is in it. I am a Josh Charles stan. I enjoy him a lot. I think he is very hot. Uh, Stephen Baldwin uh, and Jason <laughs> and Jason Gedrick, who like they kept trying to make a thing, but but he was so hot. He was very hot. He was very hot. And Judd Apatow produced it. Wow. So it's a comedy, I guess. Mike Binder is a he has he directed a whole bunch of um movies mind of the married man oh he directed the contender which is a movie that i really like actually oh wow all right anyway this is i'm I'm going down the path do you guys allow documentaries on your uh on the movie list of course sure why not there's a movie called uh burn i think it was on i think it's on netflix it's a documentary about the detroit fire fire department Oh, and how they have had to take on kind of a unique um, tactics for fighting fires because of their like so limited resources. They keep consolidating fire stations. And so and there's so many fires there because people are squatting in these abandoned houses. Mm -hmm. And so they catch on fire easy and they have they just are like super aggressive and will show up and just charge into a house that's on fire and spray it with a bunch of water and then bail and head out to the next fire. But it's really interesting. It's called burn. Cool. I wonder if any of Michael Moore's films uh, would fit the category of Detroit. Well, his is Mi- Michigan yeah, more yeah, generally, yeah. and you know, also America. Yeah, God. more generally. Remember when than that? Remember when uh, Fahrenheit nine eleven came out? It was like such mm-hmm. a big deal. We thought that that meant that George Bush like was going to lose. And it was like <laughs> LLJK. <laughs> Remember when our current president was exposed as a rapist a couple months before the election, <laughs> and then we still. <laughs> And then we still voted for him. <laughs> I, we were like, well, that should do it. <laughs> I nope. was just talking about it. So this is a side. Okay. Cause I have to like bring up Hamilton. Like always it's like contractually obligated. It's our Hamilton <laughs> yeah. for the well, episode. I was thinking about it when I was watching Hamilton. So in the um, Reynolds pamphlet song, there's a uh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay. So Hamilton writes a letter about like how he hasn't done anything corrupt. The reason why he was spending this money was because he was having an affair and this guy was that guy's wife was, or the guy's woman's husband was um, bribing him, whatever. So he writes this letter basically exposing himself. And then Thomas Jefferson, well, he never going to be president now. Never going. Okay. So 
it's kind of like funny and whatever. So, but when Lynn Manuel Miranda was on Saturday Night Live, it was like right after the um, Access Hollywood stuff came out, and he's singing and he passes Trump's picture. You know, they have the pictures of all the hosts like in the Saturday Night Live studio. Yes. He passes the picture and he just goes, never going to be president now. And I remember thinking it was so funny. And now when I think about that line, it's just like, it doesn't matter. Nothing fucking matters. He's the fucking president. (laughs) And it's so depressing. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to space. (laughs) You know, if we were going to do this disastrous experiment with, a popular reality host president. At least we picked the stupidest one possible. <laughs> I know, literally the stupidest one. <laughs> I mean, up until a few months ago, he really hadn't done anything that wasn't reversible. I know. That was the thing I kept thinking about. It was like, well, at least, you know, this totally sucks, but it, I mean, the, incompetent at least. Yeah. So they can't do any more damage. And at least like there hasn't been something, you know, there hasn't been a nine 11. There hasn't been something horrible happening. And now it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you thought just, you were going to get out of this one. Just children in cages at borders and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. But, that's all. That's yeah. all. And I mean, if that's the worst you can come up with, <laughs> I, I would argue that some of that is irreversible. <laughs> that's true that's true you are absolutely right on that i guess i was thinking that we were getting off <laughs> surprisingly easily yeah, for the, yes yeah. yes but he did make the space force he did that is true i mean if there's that's one one thing in his legacy will be the creation of space force that's gonna make novelty halloween costumes for the next two or three years at least <laughs> once we start having halloween again i assume Oh God! <laughs> oh, Zoom trick or treating. How does, um, how's that going to work? Oh, no, oh, Jesus Christ! Oh God! I left the candy outside your house last night. So <laughs> Zoom me and say trick or treat, and then walk out to your porch. Uh, all right. Should we get out of this freaking planet? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's let's blast off and. Go elsewhere. I don't know where elsewhere is, but we'll just uh, we'll just start the journey and we'll figure it out. We'll take our Thomas guide and we'll figure out <laughs> where we end up. What are the coordinates? No, a yeah. four, <laughs> <laughs> and then go up five million miles. Yes. See where that uh, ends us. So we're going to talk about the majesty and mystery of space. Hillary, this show was your idea. It was what. What sparked this for you? you know, several things, really. Yeah, it was several things. I Now I'm trying to remember, like, we were just talking about, oh, maybe space will be our next movie destination. And then Jeremy said, you're not talking about space without having me on. And then I just was like, you know what? Maybe we do go to space. And I looked to see. I'm like, it's happening soon. I knew oh, Apollo 11 happened in July of 69. Last year, obviously, was the 50th and I was like it has to be coming soon and actually I think on the day that this drops or right about then is the 51st anniversary of the moon landing so I thought you know what let's commemorate it the alleged moon landing. I know the quote heavy quotes (laughs) moon landing god seriously I just always imagine if you're Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin and you were just like are you fucking kidding me like are you serious right now I mean, no wonder Buzz Aldrin punches people. I would. I'd be like, I <laughs> sacrificed life and limb to go be the first person on the moon. Like, uh, respect I me. 
I don't think Buzz Aldrin could punch people now because of all the bracelets and like accessories that he has on. <laughs> I'm not sure if he could lift his arm up high enough. <laughs> that or his suspenders would hold him down. <laughs> One of those two things. Oh, yeah. So that that was sort of it. Not, and I, you know, don't know that much about space at all, but I love a space movie. I really, really enjoy a space movie. So, Well, there was one thing that actually precipitated all of this was that you posted in our chat a link specifically to me that the movie Space Camp is now streaming for free on YouTube. (laughs) And you you had maybe the best response. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, maybe if I didn't have it on DVD and VHS, (laughs) I would watch it on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, so, uh, you know, RIP Kelly Preston. But yeah, I know. I know. What the hell? I don't know. She's so young. She was 57. Ugh. I won't say she was a great actress. No, but no. She had one kind of hot sex scene in Jerry Maguire. Not a great actress. Though I do feel like men of a certain age, meaning like Dave's age, I'm not like think she was definitely like a hottie to them. You know, Wait, she was who, a little oh, yeah. bit older. But like, who are you talking just, about? Uh, Kelly Preston. Um, who started? In- She's an actress who is uh, John Travolta's wife. Who I'm just gonna look her up. <laughs> yeah, starred in Space Camp. She did start in Space Camp. She started in a lot of like random eighty stuff. And she's you know she was in Jerry Maguire. Um, n- not a ton of. She was in Twins, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was in that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, not a great actress. She was cute as a button though. Yep. Oh, John um, Travolta looks creepy with a shaved head. Holy uh, cow! Well, but at least he's just letting go of the plugs a little bit. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. We know. He's entered some truth, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all of these male actors need to do. Anyway, so yeah, um, Space Camp is widely available on YouTube for free. I'll, I'll link to it. But that, that kind of got us started talking about space. All right. Well, let's talk about the things that make us interested in space to start with. I mean, obviously, I've said it right there is Space Camp. Yeah. Which came out in 1986, which was scheduled to release, like, I'm going to say, like, within two weeks after the Challenger yikes, disaster. Yikes, 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 Um, Yeah. So, obviously, they delayed the release for a while. And then there wasn't really a lot of appetite yeah. for mm-hmm. movies about teenagers who accidentally get launched into space. <laughs> um, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> but... It was, we were living in Switzerland and we used to go into the city to the one teeny tiny little video store that had English movies in it. And my mom was very strict. We weren't allowed to get PG-13. I mean, I was 10, so she wouldn't have let me get PG-13, but I didn't want to get like cartoon baby crap and a space camp was just perfect. And I fell in love with the idea of space and going to space uh, obviously, Star Wars yeah. was a big one for me because that's Star Wars came out like a few months after I was born. So it's been there my whole life. Um, I would say as I've gotten a little bit older, I just love pictures yeah. of celestial bodies. Yep. I've had really in my life two different kinds of wall calendars if you don't count the Justin Trudeau one <laughs> that a mystery person sent me this year. Maybe it was Justin himself. Maybe it was. 
I don't know. We have mysterious ways of keeping in touch. (laughs) But other than that, I had calendars that were pictures of like scenes of Greece and not Greece the movie, Greece the country (laughs) and pictures of like celestial bodies, planets and galaxies and other astronomical features. And I think the colors are beautiful and the shapes are beautiful. And I really love that. It's it's hard to comprehend that it's real when you, when you look at it the pictures is. of that, especially when you realize that like what you're seeing with your eyes it is millions of years old. Like by the yes. time it's gotten yes. to us, like you are looking back in time, and it could not even exist anymore. <clears throat> Man, my voice today. I know. <laughs> it's it's uh anyway yeah it's magical. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yes. Spoiler alert, I was doing um, a little bit of research last night for an upcoming segment here, topic, and I was looking at lots of pictures of all the planets, and they're so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to go to all of them, which (laughs) is not a possibility, but I would like to. Um, My third thing in the the category of things that, I don't know, I think this is kind of a little bit of a cop-out because I was already interested in space, but Jeremy, you talked about going to the Kennedy Space Center, and when I was 15, my parents took us to Disney World, and we spent, I think, like five days at Disney World, and one day we went to Cocoa Beach, and one day we went to the Kennedy Space Center, and it was by far my favorite part of that trip. You're like, screw the beach. I know. Forget Disney World. <laughs> I'm going to see the rockets. And we went on a, they had a tour, just a bus tour where you could ride around the property and you could actually, you didn't get all the way up to the launch pad area or whatever, but you could go and get quite close to the shuttle to see it. And I don't know if they were running tests or whatever, but the bus tour guide kept saying that is not smoke you see coming out of the rocket. It is actually steam because it's all fresh water. And I just remember that to this day, seeing the space shuttle sort of uh, up close ish and how cool that was and how special that made that vacation for me. And, um, so I would like to go back there someday, as well as actually going to space camp, which I have talked about. Yes. Uh, space camp for adults, <laughs> which makes me really excited and also makes me feel really lame. No. Wait, why does it make you feel lame? I don't know. Because camp is for kids. No. No. Camp rules. Yeah. Most like corporate retreats are just camp. <laughs> Trust They're faults. just camps with like a tie on. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh. <laughs> Oh, but you need to go. Like, I mean, I just, I, you have to. This has to be something you do at some point in your life. You are destined. We'll make it we'll happen. We'll see. I hope so. We'll make it happen. All right. What about you, Hillary? Okay. So I was trying to think about this. Like, I think growing up with solidly baby boomer parents, which I love you guys, but you are, um, <laughs> baby boomers tend to be you know it was a it was a crowning achievement in their lifetime you know my parents were in their 20s or whatever when it happened um and they have just always my dad especially but they've just always been so interested in space and anytime you know something happens like when the mars rover went you know all all the stuff my dad would be, you know be so focused on it really really excited about it and just i feel like we've always just loved it and Really, I think it's something that I 
I love about other people is when they know something so much about something that I have no idea about, like the competency that has to go into putting a man in space is just amazing to me. And I have, I know like, you know, you could learn about it. It's not unreachable, but it just is when somebody is so, um, specialized in that, I just think it's really cool. So when I watch all these movies, obviously they're throwing around jargon, but it's like, they, it's like competency porn, you know, it's, they're, they're doing, working so hard to make this happen. And I just think it's really, really cool because it is this like huge vast thing, but you can use math and science and you can figure it out. I don't know. I just think it's really cool. And I've always heard the question of like, would you rather be at the bottom of the ocean or out in space? And like both of those seem very scary to me, but space just seems so scary, but really cool. It just seems really cool. It's just, just, there's so much out there. And like y'all were talking, it's like, we're such a tiny little part of it and we think we're so important, but like, there's so much out there and we don't know about it. And there's just so much. It just, it seems, I don't know. It seems very cool. So that's, that's kind of it. Oh, and also, uh, you know, my family, a large part of my family is from DC. So we would go up there every summer to visit my grandmother and, you know, every year we would do, you know, we'd go to the white house or we'd go just walk around, do some sort of tour. And I remember going to the air and space museum and I still get excited about it. It was so cool. And I really, you know, once we can travel and go to museums and stuff again, I, re- I cannot wait to take my kids there. Cause I loved it. I loved it. And I know some people don't like it, but I loved it. I was just like, wow. So that's it. <laughs> the thing that you said about comparing space to the bottom of the ocean, yeah. that made me realize I love like underwater documentaries. Yes. I love those where you go down and you see the weird creatures at the bottom yes. of the sea. So I'm thinking that that might come from the same source. Totally. But I, I like both of those. Of course, it's a lot darker down at the bottom of the ocean. So I got certified to scuba dive like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, a long time. And uh, and I, I agree with you, Anne. It's the exact same thing. I think all the time while I'm underwater, I haven't gone in a couple of years, I guess, but I used to think all the time when I was underwater of the how the astronauts would train in the in those pools and, and realize like, oh, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to being weightless and just kind yeah. of, you know, drifting free and with like neutral buoyancy and kind of being suspended in the middle of stuff. It's uh it's really it's really cool. I am an absolute sucker for the science museum IMAX movies. Yes. That are either space yes. or under the sea. <laughs> I love them. Where you see the like the giant cuttlefish, the six foot cuttlefish at the bottom of the sea. I'm like, that's so cool. It's very cool. And it just is like you realize again, like how much we don't really know about so many parts of the ocean, you know, I mean, we can sort of map it, but there's so much that goes down there and it's so deep, uh, kind of like space. Yeah. It's like this almost infinite amount. That's kind of crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy, <laughs> why do you like space? <laughs> yeah. Um, am I supposed to just go through all of these questions or are we just doing them one at a time? We're just doing them one at a time. We're having a conversation. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Sorry. I'm, uh, I'm new here. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I like space because, um, well, it's it's something that, uh, like a fascination with space is something that was instilled in me at a very young age. I got it from my dad. Um, and and I think I've always just been um, 
like the the bigness of space uh, we were talking earlier about the galaxies and that stuff and if you look at those pictures of celestial bo- bodies and look at how far away they are and how big they are and how how big the universe is um there's something about that bigness that feels almost safe to me um it it puts things in perspective and makes me realize yeah. that like my life is this tiny 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 little blip on the radar of a tiny, 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 tiny little planet floating around in this massive universe. And that actually makes me feel, um, it makes me feel safe. It puts, it you know, it, it puts a lot of the problems in my life in, in some form of perspective. Uh, it doesn't mean... Like the idea of the scale of that is almost unfathomable, isn't it? Like my brain tries yes. to handle it, but I'm pretty sure... That my brain is not quite up to the task. <laughs> yes. Yes. It does. Uh, it really does kind of hurt my brain a little bit. Like thinking about traveling to far out reaches of space. By like how long it takes you to get there. And yeah, like just how completely far away. It, it's just, yeah, it's like too much for the human brain to comprehend. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um and I think I think that the like piece on top of that that has me really hooked is the fact that there are people that strap themselves to giant bombs and shoot yes. themselves up into space to go to go <laughs> out as far as they can, you know, to go out and land on another thing and walk around and pick up rocks and come back home and build these robots that go out even farther and do that stuff. Um there's just something about that that is so fascinating and inspiring and encouraging and like like there's always there's always something out there for us to explore and step into and I think that I think that that like it makes me it makes me excited you know I'm I'm drawn to people that have passion for things and and yeah. you know when you are around people that are willing to to risk their lives for something like that it's um it's it's inspiring and to think that we accomplished that back 51 to 60-ish years ago, all with the computational power of a generic calculator, yeah. not even like a TI-80 whatever calculator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pe- like we basically did all that math by hand. People and slide rules. Did all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And if we put the same focus and resources relatively into it today as we did back then what other kind of progress we could make is something that's really exciting to think about yeah and now that we have space force we can do that (laughs) Uh, probably uh so what are our touch points? Jeremy, I really like your space touch point. The thing that makes you really sort of think about space and keep it top of mind. What is that that cornerstone for you? Well, I have I have a massive list. Uh but the the <laughs> first the first one As on you there, should. <laughs> the first one on there is uh the Challenger explosion. It's yeah. it's like one of the few memories that I actually have from my childhood because we saw it happen. Um yep. my dad would always, would always, 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 I mean, even until I moved out of the house, my dad would always remind me that there's a launch of some kind. He still to this day will text me sometimes when there's a launch or something going on that he thinks uh, I might want to know about. And so we were watching it happen and um, 
weirdly enough, well, not weirdly enough, but after it blew up, like, obviously I was upset. And I remember talking to my parents and they told me, you know, I was like, well, what happened? <laughs> what happens to, what happens, what happened to them? <laughs> like, where, where did they go? And um, that's when my parents, as a, a three-year-old, decided to tell me that when people die, if they believe in Jesus, <laughs> they will oh, go God. to heaven. <laughs> and and if they don't believe in Jesus, they will go to hell. And I said, well, tell. Right. And they're like, oh, fire, burning, all that stuff. I'm like, I want to give <laughs> my know, life to Jesus torture. then. Uh, <laughs> be, being a parent now, that is so fucked up. Like, <laughs> it really is. I remember, I mean, it was probably when Ellie was about three and I had this realization of like, oh my God, I can't believe my parents did that to me. That is, that is, uh, I mean, even if, even if it's, you know, it was a, uh, something that, that I still carried to this day or that belief, like doing it about that way, it just, it, it felt kind of manipulative and gross. That said, it's like the first memory that I have <laughs> of space and, uh, it, it is just, it's such a, it, it's such like a cornerstone of my, uh, the way that I think about, you know, this whole stuff. I usually am really focused on human exploration and um, what that looks like. And uh, I think that it's just this kind of this grounding realization and all of that, that this is, like, this is a real thing with real risks to it. And, yeah. um, and, you know, we should take it seriously, but, but also realize that, uh, that like it's a it's still worth it you know i mean i think that that's probably a lot you know people around our age that's probably their first real memory of, of any space program and the poor teachers of america it's like let's all roll in you know i oh have a God. distinct memory of like them rolling in the tv to watch it because krista mcauliffe was on it that's her name, right? Yep. And she yeah. was a teacher. Yep. And it was like, let's all watch the teacher go into space. Then it's like, I, I have actually, because I miss, I have problems, but I have watched the launch kind of recently just to see. And they're very muted when you watch it. They're just like, oh, okay, something happened. And kind of like don't really want to face what actually, and maybe like don't actually know exactly what happened. But it's so filled with joy in the beginning. And then they're just like, okay, we got to. Like, <laughs> we got to end this. And then, you know, I, I now I feel like my memory of it is conflated with Punky Brewster. So I'm like, did that happen to me or did it happen to Punky? But, you know, because they had a whole episode about it. And I just feel like they kind of rolled it away. And they're like, OK, we're not talking about this anymore. Huh. Do you? Interesting. I don't think I've seen that episode of Punky Brewster. Well, yeah. She, you know, I guess she was obsessed with space or in this. And then they and, you know, it was sort of a it, like a after school special like how do children deal with the fact that they were all watching this live oh i see yeah, yeah. Do, did uh do you know that the big bird was supposed to be on the challenger what the big bird the big bird costume was supposed to be on the challenger but it ended God. up it didn't it didn't work out for some reason i can't remember and it ended up not being on there oh but. God. That one <laughs> further destroying the children of America. Oh, my God. Wait, what are you? What are you saying? The Big Bird costume? The I don't understand. <laughs> big Bird. Sorry, I mean Big Bird I, was gonna be. I mean, what? I mean the Big Bird. Yeah, sorry, Anne. Okay, I didn't mean to be confusing there. <laughs> uh, Not trying to ruin. I mean, any that's a childhood. depressing thought. 
just the the idea of like this crumpled heap of yellow feathers like oh. lying somewhere in this space shuttle. Well, we we God, took the costume up. It's this is terrible. This is terrible. But when I first read that, all I could picture was the shuttle blowing up and like feathers shooting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so dark. <laughs> Uh, you just see him like it's like glitter like in the sky it's like whoa (laughs) god i mean i was so i was going to the american school in london at that time so i don't know we so we didn't watch the launch or anything i think it probably wasn't the right time with time differences and all of that but i do have a, a very distinct memory of my third grade teacher coming in and telling us what had happened and i was like "Uh, oh, okay like i didn't know sort of what it meant or how to process that i was like okay i guess that's a thing that happened yeah but it is something that kind of stays with you that sort of shapes the way that you think about whatever i don't know it just embeds in your dna a little bit there's um there's a it's actually i really like this song there's a song by beyonce called xo and it's a it's a really i mean this it's a really like romantic song, but the very beginning of it starts off with the like call about the challenger and people were like, why did she use that at the beginning? Like it seems sort of dissonant with what the song is about. I'll have to, I'll play it or something. Cause it's, it starts with the like mission control talking. It's very weird. There's a song by the long winters. I was just going to look it up. That's all about the challenger explosion. I heard it. There's a song, there's a podcast called song exploder. And I heard yeah. it on there. Um, oh, uh, the commander thinks aloud is the name of the song by the Long Winners, and it's it's um, there's a yeah, there's that episode of Song Exploder about it, and it's really really it's 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 powerful. Um, and hearing his kind of story behind writing it and stuff was great. So uh, it's episode twenty eight of Song Exploder. If you want to go check it out, I'm not even a music person, and I was I loved that. Cool, but you are a space person. I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, do you like science fiction? Uh, not really, not a ton. Um, I don't, I don't really like fiction movies a ton in general. Like, I don't, I don't really go to movies. I don't watch a ton of them. Um, I watch a t- lot of documentaries. <laughs> that's kind of my mm-hmm. my sweet spot. So that's that's where I would go to first. But uh, but if I'm gonna watch if I'm gonna watch a movie, um, I would I would definitely prefer to go with science fiction. I really liked that. What was that recent one with Matt Damon where he went to Mars? The Martian. Yeah, the Martian. The Martian. That was great. See, I actually have I thought about you when I was considering the Martian the other night because I was like I bet Jeremy would really like that because it is very like it plays to your interests yeah the the whole science component and the exploration component yeah and sort of the ingenuity that he's forced to assume while he's by himself on a planet for 600 days or whatever it is Mm -hmm. yeah well I think you know it uh not that everything in that movie could happen obviously but it's all actually based in some form of science. It, it yes. At least it at right. least you know has some logic to it. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. He's he said that the only deliberate liberty that he took was with the the actuality of the storm because the Mars atmosphere is thin enough that you can't get winds that high. Uh, but uh, he made that deliberate choice because he knew he wanted it to be a story about man versus nature, and so there needed to be a. a precipitating nature incident to that. And I was like, all right, I, I mean, I, I can go with that. 
if that's the choice that you made to get this all going. But then, yeah, it's very, and the book itself is really deep into the science. Like I read it all the first time I read the book, I was like, yeah, that's very interesting. And the second time I read the book, I was like, I'm going to skip all these science <laughs> bits. Boop, 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 boop. Let's go to the action. Skim, 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 skim. Um, oh, no, but that's a good movie. And that really, I mean, we've talked about Matt and Ben enough, but I feel like that kind of is the shows that Matt is more of the actor and Ben is more of a star. You know what I mean? Like, meaning, like, Ben is a better celebrity. I don't think he's a bad actor. He's just a better celebrity. But, like, the fact that Matt Damon can basically have a you know monologue for you know most of the movie is really 90 impre- minutes yeah, yeah. Really impressive does um does ben affleck still make movies yes he does oh. he is going batman movies yeah and he's <laughs> gonna true. he's gonna be in a movie um i don't know what it's called i can't remember but he okay so he's dating anna Darmus like in real life who is in knives out and she's you know, probably 25 or something. I was going to say, yeah, she's Jesus. way younger Jesus. than he is. Uh-huh. But they're in, a, they're in a movie directed by Adrian Line, Lynn Line, who directed like Fatal Attraction and, and Unfaithful and stuff. So I don't know, it'd be like a hot sex thriller or something like that. Um, so yes, he is still making movies. And I actually, again, I'm, we're not, we don't need to sidetrack too much on Ben Affleck. I think that he is a good character actor. And I think that he's, to, like they think oh he's good looking so he should be a star but I think he's a funny character actor but not a star and his personal life is messed up he, yes. he's a big enough mess in real life that it makes him interesting as a celebrity Yep. Hmm. don't be fooled by the rocks that I got I'm still Jenny from the block he's <laughs> stars in that video um Anyway, yeah, no, The Martian is The Martian is great I, I, and that's definitely a movie like a cable movie that if it's on I'm like yeah I'll watch it it's one of the few movies that I actually purchased yep. that I have on my phone at all times. And every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to want to watch. So that's my space movies. My space movies are The Martian and Space Camp and Apollo 13. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And what else? You know, I just watched Alien recently for the first time. It is really good. I've never like, seen those the, either. The first, the first Alien? Yes, okay. I actually enjoyed the first Alien more than I enjoyed Aliens. Uh, Although that was good too, but it got a little bit too much like stereotypically eighty action movie yeah, at the yeah, end for me, yeah. where Alien was a very sort of atmospheric, yes, kind of thriller thing. That I liked that a lot. So that you should watch it, Jared. That is also- my dad's like secret girlfriend. He loves. Sigourney, like love. <laughs> I was gonna say the alien lady. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm a sucker for. Uh, I'm a sucker for uh, short hair. So I, I thought she looked oh. so tough when she gave herself yeah. that buzz cut. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> I've never Sigourney. even seen the movie, but I remember that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think that's in that movie though. It's I think not? that's in one of the later movies. Well, it's in this. It's in the franchise. I don't know. What, I don't know what's <laughs> in true. what. That's I've true. In the Alien Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeremy's like GI Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I've definitely seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, 
Jeremy, anything else? Any other touch points? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll run, try and run through these a little quicker, unless you guys have <laughs> six seven hours. Um, we got all day, baby. Uh, speaking of movies, um, and this is one that I saw at the Science Center here in Seattle at, it, on the IMAX screen when it came out. It's called For All Mankind, and it's not the show that's on Disney Plus or uh, Apple TV or whatever it is. Um, but this is a documentary that came out in like. Oh, 86, I think. I was reading about it yesterday just to make sure. Um, but I, I remember going there, and it's it just kind of tells the story of the early space program. And um, I just remember sitting there the whole time and being in awe. And I would have been, I would have been six. And again, I don't have any memories of my childhood. Challenger, I remember, and this I remember because I just... I remember crying at that age in the theater because I was just so overtaken by like my awe for what I was seeing uh, and how amazing it was. And then I remember afterwards being so excited and wanting to be <laughs> wanting to be an astronaut and and just like being obsessed with this concept of like, oh, my God, that could be me up in space, floating around, looking back down on Earth, like doing these experiments. And we went and ate lunch in the food court area, and my parents spent the entire time (laughs) – every single one of these is apparently about how my parents are terrible. Uh, My parents spent (laughs) the entire time explaining to me why I probably would never be an astronaut. Uh, I'm sure that what they were trying to do was temper my expectations because uh, my mom is terrified of my feelings being hurt. Um, And so, you know, she wanted to let me down early, I guess. I don't know, but – I remember in the same way that I remember being in awe, I remember being heartbroken that day and kind of accepting the fact that I would never be an astronaut. Uh, but Aww. but just knowing that I'm like, there's lots of ways that I can still stay close to this world uh, without actually being <laughs> an astronaut. And so, I mean, I think that that's a big part of why I have this fascination because it's like a way for me to stay close to this thing that like... I don't know it like this is going to sound so hooey, but it, it like speaks to something inside of me. Uh, and I just love, I love it. I love it. So uh, I remember that. Uh, and recently, by the way, I took Elliot to go see that movie. It, they had a screening of it at the Seattle International Film Festival down here. And I took Elliot to go see it. And um, it was just this great kind of magical moment, at least for me. I don't know how she felt about it. Uh, <laughs> I told you know her. What the- oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I feel like, I don't know, even, you know, when your parents feel super joy about something, like, I I think it's contagious. I mean, sometimes you're like, Ugh, come on, stop. But yeah. like, even as a teen, when my parents would be really into space or whatever, like, I always just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now, I mean, honestly, just saying this stuff out loud to you guys uh, is kind of making me realize how much my, how much of this is wrapped up in the complicated relationship I have with my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. because it was like our connecting point and he was kind of emotionally distant and closed off. But this was, this was one of the things that we had together um, like this and this and, and boy scouts. And so uh, like, I just have, I have so many great memories of it. I, I remember, um, I remember my dad dragging me out into the middle of nowhere. There's this place in Eastern Washington called the Golden Dale observatory. And it's like a, it's like an area that's a, a dark sky site. So they actually have laws about, you know, street lights and things that would cause light pollution. And he took me down there and I remember laying on the top of the car 
which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And (laughs) (laughs) being freezing cold and being grumpy and not wanting to be there (laughs) and uh, getting out this pair of binoculars and, you know, we uh, or no, we lay it up on top of the car and just watch a meteor shower um, for as long as. You know, until I started whining so much that we had to get back in the car. Uh, but uh, and then we set up, we got down on the ground, and my dad pulled out this pair of binoculars and put it up on a tripod, and uh, we, he pointed it up at the moon. And one of the cool things about looking at it with binoculars is that you can actually see things in three D. So you can look at the you can look at the moon, and you can see all the craters and the valleys and the the you know the mountains and all the peaks and stuff. Um, and uh, I just remember sitting out there with him once the moon came up and watching the moon rise after watching this meteor shower and um, and then spending some time looking at the moon. And I, uh, I think about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was rooting through my parents' garage because I had a bunch of stuff in there that I didn't know was in there. And so I was grabbing what I needed and then throwing away the rest. And I saw those that same pair of binoculars um, and I actually took them <laughs> and uh, and took Ellie out a couple times now. And we've gone out and um, ugh, there I go. Um, we've gone out and <laughs> we've we've been able to have those same kind of moments, you know, where we have this. Uh, it, it's like this connection thing. It's just ours. And, you know, I drag her out into the middle of nowhere and we stare at the stare at the stars and watch uh, watch meteors and <laughs> look at stuff with the binoculars and. We recently did that out by Roswell, so we were looking for, or not Roswell, um, Area 51. So we were looking for, you know, looking for, <laughs> looking for <Aliens>. UFOs. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's turned into this kind of special thing that uh, that me and E have, which is which is great. Um, That's cool. I have I have a couple more. Can I do them? See, if my I go parents quick? are too practical. My parents are like, no, the night is for sleeping. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we would drive. I've driven six seven hours or whatever to to look at stuff for you know an hour and then ended up having to drive oh, yeah. back <laughs> you're not you're not a practical parent <laughs> no. in that way no. i think the world needs yes. a little bit less practicality in parenting yep. um when you were saying about the dark area yeah down outside of green valley arizona which is a you know senior city senior retirement area so you know you can't rent or buy property until you're 55 down there anyway that's out by mount hopkins which has the whipple observatory on that so the whole of green valley arizona is a dark area so no street lights or anything so i would go down and visit my grandma over spring break because that's how i roll for spring break (laughs) and since it's a retirement community like after sunset there are no cars out on the street. So I would like go for a walk and there's no cars and there's no street lights and it's just black out there. Just a few lights from houses. And I'm like, this is cool and also very spooky. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh I do I like to um when I go take out like the final trash on Sunday night. And we do have street lights, but we're a little bit farther out from downtown Austin. And some, you know, if it's clear enough, I'll just like sit up and stare at the stars. And you're just like, wow, it's so beautiful. I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of awe inspiring. 
Yeah, when I was 14, I did a summer geology field trip through my school after eighth grade where we did a week where we drove out to Yellowstone and saw Old Faithful and everything. So you did lots of geology type stuff. But there was one night when we were driving because they took us to a rodeo in Wyoming, Uh. I think. And we were driving back to our campsite like at midnight and they stopped the vans and they're like, everybody get out. And we just got out in the middle of nowhere in the foothills of wherever in Wyoming and looked up and the number of stars in the sky were like nothing I'd ever seen before yeah. in the city. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yep. Yeah. More stars than sky. Yep. Yep. Crazy. That's crazy. I love it. All right, lay some more on us, Jay. Uh, so I think the the next one that I'll mention is I. This was Elliot's actually first uh, airplane flight that we airplane flight plane ride, whatever it's called. <laughs> the first time she flew on a plane uh, was to do this, and I was randomly like browsing Twitter at work and saw something from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory down in California that is the place where they built you know the Curiosity rover and like. Speaking of the Martian, uh, they built all the other rovers that are up there. And um, and uh, they said, oh, there's an open house, you know, limited free tickets, uh, like thing opens at nine. Tickets usually are gone by like 902. So move quick or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. And I jumped in there and ended up getting tickets. Um, and so I got the most that you could. I got four of them and I was I'm, I'm going whoever is going with me. And I ended up taking Elliot down there. Uh, my my parents, God, <laughs> my, par- <laughs> my parents took the other two and, and also came down. Uh, so you know, we did it. We did it in a day. We got up at you know three in the morning on Saturday, flew down there, took a, a got a rental car, drove straight out to JPL, spent the whole day there. It was ninety degrees, ninety. It was hot. Uh, first time Elliot had been in weather like that. Um, first mm. time she dreamed on a plane was going on almost no sleep and she loved it so much. And Uh-oh. she had this, um, Lego astronaut, uh, shirt, t-shirt on. And there were so many people that were excited to so many people that worked at JPL that were excited to see a little girl there. Uh, and so she oh. got, she got all this attention. And at one point, like I looked over and there was like, there was like four people that worked at JPL, just like standing around her, asking her all these questions, showing her stuff, taking her around. Um, and it was just like, it was so cool to see, uh, she, got, she laid on the ground and they drove a Rover over her. <laughs> I, have, I have this funny picture of her doing that. And she's like bright red because it was so hot, uh, but it was just this, yeah, it was, it was fun. We got to go in the, you know, in the clean rooms where they're building and they built curiosity and they're building these, uh, these probes that are going out into space and, um, you know, talk to the, talk to the people that are building them and working on the projects. Um, so it was, it was fun. It was a really, it was a really great time. And Elliot, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it happens every year. I mean, <laughs> probably not, probably not for a little bit, but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, <not> <laughs> uh, yeah, it happens sometimes a couple times a year and, and tickets are free. You just got to get in and grab them when you can. That's, That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I I think probably one of the coolest memories that I have um, 
that I will always that I'll always cherish is when the eclipse that happened, I think it was two years ago. Um, it was it was 2017 because it was right when Bridget started kindergarten because my parents went to Nashville to okay. see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I, it was the path of totality, which is the area that the area that is completely 100 percent, you know, in the dark, basically. Um, it was pretty close to us. It was about a six hour drive, five, six hour mm-hmm. drive. And mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go like, I hate crowds. I, you know, I'm the, I, if I go to a movie, I will wait until, you know, three or four weeks after opening weekend. Cause I just don't want to <laughs> deal with like all the craziness. Oh, yeah. Um, like Wednesday at 1 PM. Yeah. That seems like a yeah. really good movie time to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was a, I, I, it was a game time decision right up until the very last minute, but what tipped me over is every single astronomer or, you know, uh, any, any astronaut, any of those people that I followed on Twitter or, you know, read their stuff or heard anything from said, if you can, if you can go see this, go see it because you, it, it can't be described. And so after hearing that so many times, I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So it was on, it was early, it was early on a Monday morning. No, no, it was in the middle of the day on a Monday. And I, we left Seattle at like 10 PM on a Sunday and we drove all the way down five, six hours. We, um, slept in the front yard of Mike's former prison (laughs) cellmate, (laughs) (laughs) big Big country, uh, down down in Salem. Somebody that I'd never met before, but knew from <laughs> knew from online. We went down and slept in his front yard. Uh, Squatted on his front which, yard. Yeah, he invited us. He said, he <laughs> but Elliot, um, Elliot goes. Uh, the next morning we got up and she just thought sleeping in a car was the coolest thing ever. And she's like, dad, I think I want to move into a car. Once I move out of the house, I think I move into a car. Like, All right. Well, let's, you know, it, that could be, be a real rich man, poor man scenario. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it totally is. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We can see. So I'll be I think the reality of the scenario is a little different when you're seven than what? from when you're an adult. I mean, yeah. all I wanted was an RV when I was a kid. I was like, what is wrong with oh. this? You get to travel around and live <laughs> here. Well, I hate RVs so much. <laughs> I can't stand them. Um, so so we were down there. We got up, went to Starbucks, uh, and then went out to we were at the we went to the library in Salem because they had a few activities out there for kids and some other stuff. So um we were hanging out there waiting for it to happen and I I have to say I knew it was gonna be cool, uh, but it was it was honestly breathtaking. Like I yeah. I and when it happened, everybody kind of cheered and then it was just dead silent. I mean, there was probably a thousand people there and it was just dead silent. And I like immediately just like, I like felt a sensation in my body. I started tearing up. Uh, it was this, it was one of those, you know, you start seeing the stars, the crickets start chirping. It feels noticeably cold. Um, and it's just, it feels like you're in a computer simulation and it's it's you know to go back to the universe being this you know massive expanse and it kind of helps put things in perspective for me it was it i don't know if it's ever felt as real as it did in that moment and you could hear other people that were you know 
maybe not necessarily from the conversations that I had heard excited about being there or wanting to be there, um, you know, kind of going through an experience of their own. And it was, it was so, it was so powerful and, and cool and amazing. And I will, uh, for the rest of my life, if I have a chance, I will, uh, I will, I will go to an area where I can, where I can see that happen. Cause I, um, when is yeah. the next one? It's it's, I, it's in a couple of years, and I think yeah, it's going to be it's going across hard. Texas. Come on down. Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, a little Tishi get together. Yeah, it was a uh, like that. So I I actually have a tattoo that like the first tattoo that I ever got was right after that when I was you know what thirty five. Um, Elliot and Christy just gave me an appointment card for a tattoo for my birthday. That was in August and my birthday is in September and they didn't tell me what the tattoo was and I didn't know what it was until I got there (laughs) until I got there and they started and, um, and it was a design that Elliot picked out, uh, that is an eclipse basically. Um, and then she wrote, uh, never give up underneath it in her handwriting. And, uh, it is so cool. It is such a cool reminder to be able to look down. You know, I see it on my forearm. I see it every day. Um, and it's so. That is some trust yes. cool. you got going on. <laughs> exactly. I know. Especially for a first tattoo. The guy that was doing it was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually connected. I, ran, I went and saw Phyllis uh, down there when we were looking at the eclipse. Phyllis was down there with uh, with josh and gus and after the eclipse happened we went and drove over to the, where they were and hung out with them for a while huh small world and then uh and then it took 14 hours to get home oh my god <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah that makes me yeah panic yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, you know it's not the time in the car it's the needing to pee <laughs> yes yeah you know you know when you like i put it in ways and it said six hours I'm like, oh, perfect. I can't believe the traffic's that good. And then I sat there and I looked down 20 minutes later and it's seven hours. And then 30 oh, minutes later, it's oh, eight oh. hours. And then oh. like, it just kept on going up the, the closer I got to Seattle. <laughs> that's like, that's kind of like, like you were saying that you don't like crowds. Like you, everybody knows Hillary loves a good party. I like being with people, but I really, I really don't like crowds either. Like, and part of the reason why beyond just like being, having mild, claustrophobia is more like the process of getting out of a situation really stresses me out. Like I need to envision myself getting home and like, how is that going to happen? And if it's going to take a really long time, it's like, that's not worth it to me. Like that. I can't like leaving after community fireworks on the 4th of July (sighs) is the worst. (laughs) We went a a few years ago. This was like before I had kids. So it was a long time ago. We went to Willie Nelson's picnic on the 4th of July, which is, fun except like i don't really love country music i like some country music but not like enough to go to a festival so it was like a bunch of smaller acts and then willie nelson capped it off at like midnight i'm tired they had run out of food at this place like i'm like i just want to go home and you had to like leave and line up and get on a bus to drive to your car and i was like this is too many steps like i this is like annoying and i Mm -hmm. think at some point i was like we gotta go i'm done we gotta go i gotta get out of here i gotta beat the crowds (laughs) There's a very weird time warp thing where the time that it takes to get 
from your car to the venue is way shorter than the time it takes to get from the venue back to the yes. car at the end of yes. it. And I you're don't tired. understand <laughs> how that works. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> or the way back from Disneyland uh, to where we parked yeah. the car uh, was so far. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> the, uh, Dave and I took the kids to the San Antonio Rodeo because my friend was performing there. And then... I'm putting Dave on blast on this because he part he had like dropped us off and then parked the car or whatever. I he didn't like take a picture of where he parked the car and it was just one of those like mass parking lots. And we were walking around for like ten minutes and I was so pissed. And I really try not to get mad at Dave in front of the kids. Like I don't like to fight in front of them that much. And I just was like, Bridget and I are leaving. We're going over here to go look for the car. And I was telling she was like, Are you mad? And I'm like, Yes, I'm very upset with your father right now. I am really <laughs> upset with him. <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> but that's something that has to happen to everybody yes. at least once in their lifetime, is that you have to legitimately Get lost in a parking lot. <laughs> All right. Well, I figured that we couldn't go through this without some genuine astronomy facts. Yes. Would yes. you like to hear some fl- some planet yes. facts? The Absolutely. interesting things. I'm going to go over to my space facts spreadsheet. Did you know that Mercury has wrinkles? No. Because it has a molten iron core, and it's cooling and contracting, and so the surface of the planet has, over time, developed wrinkles called lobate scarps, which can be a mile high and hundreds of miles long. Um, it's the only other planet besides Earth that seems to have like tectonic shifting, uh, which gave it wrinkles. Aww. Also, this is super cool. Mercury has a really elliptical orbit around the sun and a slow rotation so that the sun appears to rise briefly, then set, and then rise again from some of the places on its surface. And the same thing happens in reverse at sunset. Wow. That is awesome. I think is cool. Very cool. It's interesting. Yeah, do over. (laughs) Let's uh, let's give this another shot. Man, that would be um, great for photographers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh shit, yeah. I wasn't ready. Golden hour is like I know, golden, I was gonna say, golden, I golden three or four hour. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think uh, I could be totally wrong because I'm just remembering off the top of my head. I think a day on Mercury is 88 Earth days. So you would have a while. Sunset takes a while. A year. I a year think. is 88 days. So Is it? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah. Wait, how does this work? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. says a day on the surface of Mercury lasts 176 Earth days, but then it says yes. a year on Mercury is just 88 days long. Yes. So it's going, it takes 88 days to go around the sun, but it's spinning much more slowly. Oh. So it takes 167 days to spin oh, once. Not a lot of sunsets then. <laughs> nope. But maybe Golden Hour um, is like a couple years long. <laughs> Speaking of long rotations. The only planet that rotates clockwise instead of counterclockwise around the sun is Venus. Oh, that bitch. Um, so it's, yep, it goes <laughs> the opposite direction. And one rotation, so one day on Earth uh, takes, or one day on Venus is 243 Earth days. But it's only 225 days to go around the sun. So a year 
on Venus is shorter than a day on Venus. Weird. <laughs> so weird. See, uh-huh. this, not to get like stonery at all, but like <laughs> time is so weird and it's such like a construct, but it's not. And I can't, that's another thing, like distance and size, but also time, like really just like mm-hmm. it, like and space boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, more interesting facts about Venus. Even though Mercury is closer to the sun, Venus is hotter than Mercury. Its average surface temperature is 864 degrees Fahrenheit. That's because it has um, a really thick atmosphere, which creates a big greenhouse gas effect. It's like 96% carbon dioxide, I think, is the... Uh, oh, along with some clouds of sulfuric acid <laughs> in the Venusian atmosphere. So don't breathe deeply <laughs> when you go down there. And also that its atmospheric pressure is 90 times greater than that of Earth God. or the same pressure if you went uh, a kilometer down in Earth's <laughs> oceans. Wow. Yeah. yeah, make sure to bring some gum on that flight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so like your your basketball, your vertical is going to be very poor on Venus. And they've landed they've landed a thing on Venus. They, the Russians. The Russians. <laughs> we humanity. Uh, there we go. Have landed yeah, but a thing. It lasted for like ten it minutes. Through the atmosphere? Oh, and before it got There's crushed. pictures from the surface. It's crazy. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. it crashed there, but still was able to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sacrificed its robot life. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Mars has the largest dust storms in the solar system. Just ask Matt Damon <laughs> about that. Um, this was really cool. Mars has two moons, um, and eventually one of them, a Phobos, is going to be torn apart by Mars's gravitational forces and it's, it'll become a ring. So Mars will have a ring oh, wow. around it. Uh huh. I mean, and eventually, by eventually, I mean, it's going to take 20 to 40 million sure. years for that to happen. Sure. So none of us is going to see well, it. Well, not with that attitude. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Jupiter is twice as big as all the other planets combined. Uh, one of the websites... Wow, really? Kept, yes, kept... One of the websites I was looking at kept using basketball comparisons. So if the Earth was a grape, Jupiter would be a basketball. (laughs) And um, the most um, uh, vivid surface feature of Jupiter, of course, is the Great Red Spot. And that's actually a storm that's twice the size of the Earth that has been going on for hundreds of years. They think like 350 years, maybe, that that storm has been in action. Um, And even though it's the largest planet, it's a gas giant, so it's really light. So it rotates the fastest. So a Jupiter day is only nine hours and 55 minutes. Wow. It's spinning like a time. Wow. Wow. Um, this science gets into this. We don't have any rockets that are powerful enough to get out into the far reaches of the solar system. But back in 1962, with that 1962 computational power, the scientists calculated how we could use Jupiter's gravity to slingshot spacecrafts further out. So basically, we're skipping our um, probes and stuff off the surface of Jupiter's gravity to like fling them out there. I think that is totally, totally cool. I mean, that's sort of one of the plot points in 
in was it the Martian? Oh yeah, they were gonna slingshot around Earth yes. and go back out to get him, and that was the only way they could do it in the time period. But it's real. I like it. There's there's a probe that we learned about when we were down at JPL called Juno that's currently that's currently exploring. It's in orbit around Jupiter. Uh, and it's going to it's going to run out of fuel basically a year from from very close to a year from today <laughs> in 2021 uh it's going to it's going to run out of fuel and crash into the atmosphere but they um they loved it because there's there's like a little lego person attached to the outside <laughs> <laughs> of it and everybody was pointing that out to Elliot when we were down there at JPL <laughs> I um and you'd brought this up a couple of times, but I really that's I like watched Apollo 13 last night and this morning and I cried because that's what I do every single <laughs> like literally every single time I watch Apollo 13 when they had the wide shot and he says, you know, good to see you, Houston or whatever. Always cry like immediate tears. Um, But there are parts of it where they're doing the math just on like graph paper or whatever. You know, they're like, check my math. I think I have it right or whatever. And it is so crazy. They're just like using pencil and paper to do math. And it's so cool because I'm only okay at math, but that's like very complex math that they're having to do quickly. Uh, And they have to get it right because if you don't, then you fuck it up and you die. I, I love that scene in that movie where they have to basically they have to get like a round filter to fit in a square yes! hole and they yes! just get yep. a big box of everything that's on the ship and dump it on a table like that all that all really happened and it, it makes I me know. think of like an interview question at Google or something like you, <laughs> it would totally. dump this pile out in the yeah it oh reminds God, me it. of like I remember I tried out to be in the like gift and intel it's called explorations or something the gifted and talented program and i'm such a like linear thinker that i'm not creative and it was like draw a house or like what would you do in these little windows and i drew a house like i was like fun i'll draw a house like this is fun and you're supposed to get like super creative with it like how can you bend your mind to work in a way outside of the box but also like solves the problem and I don't know. I just think it's really cool because my brain does not work like that. And you said, here's the box. I know. I know. Nice I know. Box Isn't I this great? It's a box. <laughs> it's a box. The other scene like that in the movie is when um, Gary Sinise is running the simulations yes. on starting up the power again. And they they have to go through all the different sequences to, you know, what is it? They, the same amount of power that you use to run a vacuum cleaner yes. is all they yeah. have. And every time they go over the limit, they're like, God damn it. And have to start again. And he just kept trying and I trying know. and trying. I know. Stubbornness. Uh, this actually, I don't love Gary Sinise. I mean, he's fine, but he's not my favorite. But he's really good in this. Like, I think that he's, uh-huh. he's very, uh, just how he's supposed to be. Just kind of like a workhorse that solves the problem. Yep. He would have been better than Kevin Bacon oh, if he was the one in space. He, he really would. Oh, it's so good, though. Uh, I mean, I like, and they, talk, I forgot how, like, scientifically they talk throughout the whole thing and don't really explain it. I mean, occasionally they will do an explainer, like, we, we need to hear from them within the four-minute window, you know, exposition. But it's really scientifically oriented and just, uh, I don't know, very cool. Cool. Uh, more planet facts. Saturn would float on water. What? Because, <laughs> yep, if if for however however we could manage this to put Saturn on a real big lake, it would float. Wow. Maybe we could put it on Jupiter? Water. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Um, it has 82 confirmed moons. I think it has the most moons, uh, confirmed moons anyway, of all the planets. Yeah. And I talked about Jupiter's great red spot. Saturn has a great white spot. But we can only see it once every 30 years because that is how Saturn's rotation works. And the most recent time you could see it was a month ago. Oh, wow. this past June. <laughs> and so we can't see it for another 30 years. Uh-oh. So come back in 2050. Yeah, I'm not making it that far. Great white spot. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I don't even know about the next couple months, man. <laughs> it's not looking good. <laughs> uh, Saturn. So Saturn has these 82 moons and its largest moon, Titan, is where we should be checking for aliens because it's the only sort of planet that seems like it has clouds and a dense atmosphere mm. with evidence of what they call stable bodies of surface liquid. Okay. So the idea is that it's the most close to Earth and that it could support possibly life. I do not know why they're so hung up on water. I mean, I understand because they think where well, you have to have water to have life. I just don't understand this definition of life yeah. who says that it has to be water maybe it's life that survives on liquid nitrogen i don't know yeah yeah i just think i think they're being very narrow in their thinking about uh what life could encompass but I, anyway it's i think they the, the most likely to have life like us yeah that makes it carbon-based life or whatever yeah i, yeah. I think i think um they also say europa uh it might be a good place one of the moons of jupiter because it's a big, it's basically a big ice moon, but it's got oceans underneath the ice, and so it's just because it's named after you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. I think. Um, I mean, with all those moons, can you imagine the werewolf population down there? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's out of control. They're more they're wolves more often than humans. <laughs> they're probably every every. Uh, 30 years or whatever they <laughs> they turn into a human for 20 minutes um one of my favorite another favorite well okay it's not one of my favorite movies but because contact is a dumb movie like it is a dumb movie and i've watched it recently and i've talked about it i really liked it but though. yes i really at the time i really liked it the and time. the first i love the science part at the very beginning well when she hears it and then they kind of like are trying to triangulate all like confirm it and then they they um you know, it's like spooky because they play spooky music and James, <laughs> what's his face? Um, James Woods there and he's like the CAA guy. And they, it's it's like Hitler opening the 36 games and it's like, whoa, are they Nazis in space? But it's just because, again, like the time, this is the first satellite um, broadcast. But I like that they sort of play with the idea that the aliens that are sending down this technology are not like, they think in a different way than we do and aren't necessarily, you know, if it's real, they aren't necessarily, um, you know, thinking about oxygen and water or anything. They're like melding dimensions. Anyway, I thought that it's very spooky, but cool. You don't but corny, but good. You don't like that movie? Um, I don't like the end of that movie because I think it's dumb that they're like, is it faith? Or I don't know. It just uh. it seems sort of like corny at the end i like it gets really metaphysical yes. oh. yeah at the See, end i don't well, remember she's... any of that i, well, I only like, remember should've... the first part <laughs> no the first part is really cool it's actually also a really long movie which is 
kind of annoying, but um, and Matthew McConaughey is no, like he. Yeah, no. I think we said the yes. last time we talked about <laughs> yes. it, he was terribly really miscast bad. in that movie. Really bad, but um, the part when she discovers it and how exciting and thrilling it is, and um, I you know, I think I it's an eminently watchable movie that kind of falls apart at the end. But there is a part that I think about a lot when she goes into space and kind of Jeremy, like what you were saying, where she says. She said they should have sent a poet. They shouldn't have sent a scientist, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's just so beautiful and you like kind of can't capture it. I mean, obviously you need science, but like just capturing what it feels like to see another galaxy is amazing. Yes. Should have sent a scientist and yes. a poet. I don't understand why we have to have one person. I know. It's not, it's not a binary choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, get your giggles out. Okay. okay. The only planet that rotates on its side <laughs> is Uranus. <laughs> it's just just funny. It is. It's never not funny. And when look, we can get it. We can t- call it Uranus. Oh, no, give me a break. But come on, let's just go with this. Um, so it rotates on its side, and this is because back whenever millions of years ago, an Earth-sized asteroid smashed into it like pool ball type smashing and actually knocked it sideways. So it's technically it's tilted 98 degrees relative to, you know, the plane of the solar system for comparison, earth is tilted 23 degrees. So Uranus is is, uh, (laughs) rotating on its side. Yep. Never not funny. (laughs) And it has, it has 27 known moons and 18 of the moons orbit around its equator so they orbit orbit up and down relative to our plane and that's because it probably had those moons at the time that it got knocked by the big asteroid and so when it flipped on its side they flipped with it or they went with it so then the rest of the moon um the moon's um uh, wrote uh, are on the normal plane, so they think that these moons were captured after the collision at some point. So it wow. has like a matrix of moons wow. rotating around it. I think that's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and these twenty-seven moons are named after characters from Shakespeare and Alexander Pope. So there's like Juliet and Titania and all that stuff. Cool. That was a very cool yeah. literary thing. All right. Neptune has only completed one full orbit of the sun since we discovered it in 1846. Wow. Because it's orbit. Yes. I don't want to do this. Because it takes 165 years for it to go around the sun. (laughs) So it's only been able to do that one full time since we've known that it's there. And it is the windiest planet. It has clouds of frozen methane that whip across it at 1,200 miles an hour, which is pretty much the top speed of a Navy fighter jet. And for comparison, Earth's strongest winds are about 250 miles per hour. So about 20% as fast as Neptune's winds. So don't bring your umbrella. It's going to turn inside out. (laughs) That's a lot of doesn't matter if you have a really good umbrella. Still. Yep. And Voyager 2 is the only spacecraft that's ever flown past Neptune. Wow. It's the only one that's gotten out that's there. It's now, now in deep space. One, I know. It's going off to see what it can see elsewhere. It's crazy. It'll get back 
to us in, you know, five million years and tell us what it sees. Um, and because I am a Gen Xer, I will include Pluto as a planet. Oh. Come on. I was curious if you're going to do it. Um, I mean, you just, I understand why it was reclassified because it's only two thirds the size of our moon. So it's tiny, a, a little, it's a, it's a little baby. Um, its largest moon, um, Charon, orbits Pluto in 153 hours. And that's the exact amount of time that it takes Pluto to complete a rotation. So 153 hours is one Pluto day. So because of this, Charon doesn't rise or set because it's like rotating at the exact or it's, it's revolving, revolutioning. <laughs> um, it's orbiting at the exact same speed that the planet is turning. So it's always in the exact same spot in Pluto's sky, and the same side of it always faces Pluto, and that's a state called tidal locking. Like, they have a name for this. I think it's very, very cool. All right, so those are my planet facts. I did also, we were talking about, you know, uh, light and distance and stuff, so I did include um, a little blurb about a light year, which is very confusing to people. It's the distance that light travels in one year which is approximately 6 trillion miles. So our sun is 93 million miles away. So it takes light from the sun eight and a half minutes to reach us. And the nearest star to us, Proxima Centauri, is 4.2 light years away. So the light that we see from it right now uh, shows the star as it was 4.2 years ago. So to Jeremy's point, if something happened and it blew up like three years ago, we wouldn't see that. Until... For another year plus. I think that's so cool. And if we decided on our road trip to get into <laughs> the Odyssey and drive to Proxima Centauri in a car um, or something at 70 miles an hour, it would take us 356 billion years to get there. That's a little bit. Wow. A little bit of time. Time, as man. As long as we can stop <laughs> for our breaks, I'm fine. And my final space fact, in space, no one can hear you. It's true. <laughs> That's from Alien. That's a tagline in Alien. Yeah. But it's true. It's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it actually yeah, is. Explosions wouldn't work. All that sci-fi stuff will nope. be ruined for you. I know. Armageddon is just... <laughs> you find out that there are some slight problems with the science in that movie. Ugh, I saw that one with my dad. And I remember when, again, Ben Affleck, ben Affleck and Liv Tyler were like canoodling. That was the point in which I said, I have to go to the bathroom right now. I can't. I can't watch this with you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were canoodling in real life. They never. No, I don't, real I don't life know. Canoodled. I mean, they? you know, I fear. I think that they. I think every actor probably does canoodle in real life, but like, I don't think it was ever. <laughs> I'm just starting rumors. Um. All right. So those are astronomy facts. I don't think that we need to spend time taking the what kind of planet are you quiz, but I took a bunch of them, and so I'm going to paste that uh, post that on our Facebook group so that we can find out what kind of. Um, planet matches our personalities. I got Venus. Uh, spoiler alert. And I really wanted. I came up with Venus twice, okay. and I don't know that I think that that's right. I think it's like ladies. <laughs> this is the lady planet. I don't know. How does it know? But it had very. Because you answer a lot of questions about space and astronomy and things that you and like, like cake. and then it knows what kind of cake and cookies. You I like. got. I got Mercury. 
All right. Oh, right. that's but pretty the little good. description I think is actually pretty is pretty spot on, and it will fit the fact that this is going to be a two hour show. You have a lot to <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> you have a lot to say. So friends think of you as chatty. But a wise friend, your ability to carry conversations makes you a great person to make connection with. Your cu- curiosity may be annoying to some, but you enjoy asking questions so you don't care what people think. <laughs> Surprisingly uh, accurate. <laughs> you know, I'm actually reading. I mean, I'm a Saturn gal. I like a ring. Uh, that's what I wanted. But I'm reading the description of Venus and and. I, it does kind of describe me a little bit, and I'm kind of annoyed. Does yeah, it? you tend to depend on your charm to meet new people and strengthen these <laughs> newfound friendships. Although you believe in balance, you wouldn't necessarily make a sacrifice to achieve it. <laughs> uh, this is like horoscopes, but that is kind of accurate. So, <laughs> my short-term charm it tends to work. In this. Well, I'll be interested to see uh, what planet matches T-shirts. Yes, personalities. Yes. I mean, who is most like Uranus? <laughs> you know, you know what I was uh, gonna say. I thought of this once we started recording, but we did this thing at work for like a fun. I don't know. We did it for one of our happy hours or something. But there's a test, uh, and you, the, it has a list of equipment. It'll be you know like a gun, a, a fuel tank, a oxygen tank, and there's a scenario where you're on the moon and you're trying to get from like one point to another point, and then you're supposed to rank the items in which order that you think they are for importance, and then you score it based off of that. Um, it's way more fun than I just made it sound, but but uh-huh. it would be a fun... If you need a gun, <laughs> then well, something has gone horribly it, and wrong. And this is an actual test that NASA uses. So I, it would be oh. fun. We, I should put it on the. Well, somebody will we'll put it on the Facebook page because I want to yeah. see. I want to see how people do. Yeah, yeah. Oh goodness! All right. So, question of the week this week: <laughs> Would you go on the Mars mission? Are we still doing the Mars mission? It's up in the air. And, <laughs> and by Mars mission, I mean, come on, I'm going to gloss right over that bad joke. Um, and and it's the mission where they send people to Mars, basically one way trip. Yeah. You're never coming yeah. back. Would you do it? Hillary? No. I don't know. I know. I like should have curiosity, but this is when I'm like, I want to see what other people are doing. I want to watch it. I don't need to go. You don't want me there. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would go. It would be scary and it would be hard to say goodbye to my family, but I would probably go do it. I would too. Yeah. Well, we need- One thing I'm learning about myself these past four or five months, I am very good at being alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can do this. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Christy's response to that is always, um, uh, if there's no Netflix and no cheese, I'm out. <laughs> but Christie's Christie's cousin was actually approached to be one of the first people on Mars by Whoa. Elon Musk, and she said Whoa. no. Oh. Wow. Mm. Well, I don't know if I would trust Elon Musk that much, but well, yeah. thankfully, actually, I had this thought. <laughs> thankfully, Elon's not actually in charge of SpaceX. <laughs> no. It's a woman. How it's do a you woman. Feel- this. <laughs> How do you feel about Elon? Oh, I hate him. Yeah, he is okay. a trash person. <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, but he has got the whole SpaceX thing going. And on. his his like fan boys are worse than he is. Yes, yeah, toxic. Oh my god, yeah. toxic. Yeah, 
Ugh. And what has he been doing to his? He mom? has he has the the like face. What is it called? The um oh you know I always talk about the Polar Express where it's like looks real but like is oh uncanny yeah valley. he has an uncanny valley face like it is I'm like what happened it's like that mobster mo- uh, the Irishman on Netflix yes yes <laughs> it's so yes creepy. where it's like close to real but it's not actually. are you a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of like Jeff Bezos where you're like, I saw you a few years ago when you did not have that hair mm-hmm. or, you know, that, that bod, I guess. Not one that I'm like attracted to, but they've, you know, hired a trainer or gotten surgery or whatever. They're all jacked yeah. now. No, no. I'm not a fan of bodies when they can be described as swole. <laughs> no, no, I don't like them. Yeah, Bezos is building That's... his own rockets, too. I don't know. You this know... is how they're all supervillains, man. It's not a I good. Mean, maybe, not a good sign. Maybe give money to the like pandemic situation that's yeah. going on as yeah. opposed to like ridiculous. priorities. Yeah. All right, so Tishi friends, please tell us: Would you go on the one-way mission to Mars? Why or why not? Yeah, we like to I know. know. I'm curious. I feel like it's a Rorschach test or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have one question or one little story that I was going to tell that didn't quite fit into this, but. This is, I got permission from my mom to tell this story. Um, So my mom, Kathleen, who is wonderful, she um, has a job where she works with authors. She's a media escort in Dallas. So an author comes into town. She is their go-to person in Dallas. She takes them to their various like media appointments and is just like their, I don't know, a media escort. So she worked with Jim Lovell. And I don't remember the timeline. I don't know if this was... I feel like it was after Apollo 13 came out because I I was aware of him. And I don't think I was really aware of him before Tom Hanks portrayed him. Anyway, so they're they're doing something somewhere. And my mom had to go to the bathroom. So my mom goes to the bathroom, comes out. It's like, oh, you know, hi. Like, let's go ahead and go to the next appointment. And she walks ahead of Jim. And then Jim taps my mom on the shoulder and says, "Um, Kathleen your skirt is tucked into your pantyhose. (laughs) So Jim Lovell, you know, of Apollo 13, Tom Hanks fame, saw my mom's rear end um, tucked in uh, in her full glory. So anyway, she said I could tell it's our our touch with the, with a space system, space shuttle organization. That's a, I mean, that's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was very nice. He was not crude or he was yeah. very nice to her about it. And she really liked him. And she'll be honest about, you know, sometimes people that she's like, they were nice or they were fine. She's like me. If it was fine, you know that they were like, not great. Um, but she had nothing but very kind words to say about Jim Lovell, especially after that. Yeah. Jean, Jean Krantz once told me that I had a piece of lettuce stuck between my teeth. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll have to They're talk to your mom man. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um all right with that i guess we're semi wrapping up um you know our space talk but it was wonderful um for t she recommends actually we're keeping on jeremy what you got oh yeah so i just put two things on here one of them is if you haven't already uh, you can check out nasa tv you can just google nasa tv and there will be a bunch of links to it but it is 24 uh, 7 there's educational materials on there they live broadcast uh, spa- like 
sp- uh, spacewalks when they're doing that and kind of explain to you what's going on and have people there walking you through it. Uh, they show every major rocket launch. Um, it's and it's really cool. So if you you know want to know more or want to just uh, be captivated by the awesomeness of space, that's always a really solid place to go. And I actually love it because during launches they have like the media stream which is just the science stuff and not the mm-hmm. weird like commentators from SpaceX or mm. whatever trying to <laughs> trying to make jokes or not the color man <laughs> yes, yeah <laughs> uh so it's just it's just actual actual it's like uh, the raw rocket uh, scientists <laughs> yeah cool uh and then the other one is uh, this is it's good for anyone but if you're if you're just space curious uh and kind of on the fringes <laughs> It's there's a new a, sexuality. There's a really, really <laughs> great series called One, One Strange Rock. Um, it originally came out on Netflix, and it's with Will Smith. And they they pick, like, a, a su- subject. So one of them is air or, like, the atmosphere or something. And um, they jump back and forth between, you know, interviews with scientists and uh, people down here on the ground and then interviews with astronauts talking about kind of their perspective from space and um and it's just it's so well done and visually it is amazing and beautiful i mean they have uh they have these amazing sweeping shots of like the amazon rainforest and basically the river of the the river of um clouds that is above the amazon that kind of feeds the earth and um amazing shots of the earth from space and it's it's so well done uh so it's on disney plus now i looked it up last night so uh definitely go check it out because it's 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 interesting even for people that aren't space nerds cool very cool um and obviously (laughs) space camp (laughs) duh we will free on youtube (laughs) yeah celebrate it watch and think of Anne. That's it. There's there's a at the end of the movie, they have what they you know is standard for space shuttle movies where they've lost touch with the space shuttle as the teenagers are piling it piloting it through the atmosphere for reentry and they keep they they're like Atlanta this is control do you read us Atlanta this is control and then Tate Donovan says control. This is Atlanta, and the whole control room just erupts in cheers, and people uh, are crying, and I'm like, <laughs> they did it. They did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tate Donovan and Leah Thompson <laughs> brought those kids back safely. <laughs> Tom Scarrett is so happy. Oh, I'm Tom Scarrett. I love him. He's also in contact. I mean, man, I'm, he's the best. You know, we are Tom Scarrett. <laughs> we really are. On this podcast. I ran into that guy in a Starbucks, um, and I didn't even what? know. So I didn't. he lives out here. And he lived by Christie's old boss, the super rich guy. And so we were out there doing something and we were at a, we were at a Starbucks and this was when Vine was a thing. And I like desperately wanted to be like a Vine guy. <laughs> Surprising, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and so I saw so my, like one of my things that I would do, God, this is so embarrassing to say, um, I would like, 
I would just like walk around like a Starbucks and like jam my phone into people that are like having meetings or whatever. <laughs> just like see, <laughs> just see how close I could get to make it uncomfortable, like with my phone out. Jeremy. <laughs> and so I went over to this table and I like basically did that with my camera. And then uh, I was looking at it later and somebody was watching it or, or something. And they were like, oh, my God, that's Tom Skerritt. And I was like, who's Tom Scarrett? And then they they showed me and it's like, oh, oh, yeah, it is. I guess that's Tom Scarrett. Do you still have Uh, it? uh, Probably. Yeah. I should go try and find find it. it. Please find it. I downloaded all my vines when they when they shut down. Uh, (laughs) God, I miss that. I miss vines. TikTok, I guess, is the the next step. I I know. I got well. You, I mean, for all the reasons that it, you know, everybody's been talking about. Obviously, I can't. But before all of that, you know, I opened it up, and after seeing, uh, you know, a, teenagers dance around uh, three or four times, I just decided, <laughs> I'm too You're old like, I'm for good. this. If I feel like I can't do this on the bus and I have to like hide the screen, <laughs> I probably, I just, yeah, I. It was one of the first uh, social media things that I really felt like I kind of aged out of. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> And you're like, I'm a thousand years old. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, uh, for my, mine is decidedly, my suggestion or recommends is decidedly not space oriented. And it's a little depressing. Uh, but I consume too. Well, you know, I'm sort of still mourning the loss of the summer games. Um, and so um, I watched, I finally watched Athlete A on Netflix, which Netflix has been pushing on me. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm in a place where I can watch it. And it's really well done. It's about USA Gymnastics, particularly, obviously, the women. And it's very depressing. Um, and, but it's good to see these women kind of standing out for themselves. But what I really also liked this week, and I just, it was a seven episode series, and I just blew through it. it was, a 30 for 30 series called heavy metals. And it's a little bit more focused. It's less about Larry Nasser, though they do talk about him towards the end, but it's more about the Carolis, um, and their history and you know, how just how it's very, it's matter of fact. I mean, there's, there's, you know, obviously some opinions, but it's kind of like how they started with Nadia and then defecting and then, you know, having the ranch and all that and kind of talking about their personalities. It's, I thought it was really good. If you're interested in gymnastics or the Crowley's in general, it's really good. And it's tough. And they, it's, there's, you know, they were, it's just funny because until three years ago, I was like, he's amazing. You know, he's this big bear character, even though you kind of knew something was wrong and it's like, Oh no, they were pretty abusive, (laughs) pretty bad Mm -hmm. people. Uh, Maybe the moral of the story is you just shouldn't trust a man with a mustache. Kind of. Except probably. for Tom Scarrett. Yeah. <laughs> yes, probably yes. just don't trust men. <laughs> I think that's the wiser uh, choice <laughs> on that. Yeah. But also, um, Marta, his wife, was, you know, it's the yin and the yang of it. She was the quiet one, but she was also the one that was, like, not letting them eat, pretty much. Anyway, they, but it is it is well done. 30 for 30 does good podcast. And uh I don't. I enjoy. I'm. I enjoying it is sort of tough because it's like about abuse of children, but it's very interesting. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's about abusive children. <laughs> well, and it was one of those where like I'd be cooking and Rory would be watching TV, and I was like, "Everybody, I have my AirPods on. Don't bother me. Just don't talk to me. I'm. Li- this is what I'm listening to." But yeah, it was. It was good. 
Um, okay, the shameless Amazon plug of the week. Jeremy, what is this? Oh, yeah. These are my, this is my summer short, and I'm so excited okay. that I found it because I've been wearing these for, for the last three or four years. I've been wearing these Lee, I don't know, they're just like straight, no, kind of normal gray shorts. But I, I, I want a short to be actual short. Like I want yeah. it to, it, they're not called longs. I definitely want it above the <laughs> knee. And, uh, but I prefer, I prefer like as, sh- as short as possible. So what I've been wearing for the last few years is a nine inch inseam. Um, I, I went and looked and it seemed like kind of the standard shorty short level is five inches. So yeah. I got some five inch mm-hmm. shorts and, um, I loved them, but Chris- <laughs> Christy, uh, was concerned <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, I one thing that I have learned in my uh, old age is that I should listen to her, uh, even when yeah. I don't necessarily agree. So I decided to send those back, and I went with a seven inch, and it's so perfect. So the the plug is for specifically it's an Amazon <laughs> brand, which feels gross, but Good Threads men's seven inch inseam hybrid short. So. I have okay. two I have two shorts that I have that I bought a bunch of for the summer. And one of them is kind of a more standard like I don't know chino or whatever like normal normal fabric. But these hybrid shorts, they are so good for I would say adventuring. Like it's it's uh it's definitely athleisure. Like you could you could wear them to the mall, but you could also wear them on a hike, you could wear them on a jog, and you could even go swimming in them. So they're this synthetic, you know, material, they're stretchy, they're comfortable, they're, they're nice and short, let the old legs breathe a little bit. Um, And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. I love them. So in the picture, it sort of looks like you're going to like an English boarding school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the look that I'm going for. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I'm also I'm looking. He's got some some white sneakers on. Yeah, and I thought they were platform sneakers. <laughs> oh, from, from yeah, the image. it's a rough. But it's just the reflection picture. on the shiny yeah. floor. I don't tuck shirts in. No, these are good. I can see why they would have to. seven inches. Good. It's long enough so that you don't look like a '70s basketball <laughs> sure. player. Yeah, but it's short enough so that it doesn't look like you're wearing your board yes. shorts right. around. Yeah, it's yeah. not obscene. <laughs> They're not my, my butt cheeks aren't hanging out the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to get some of these colored ones. I just have a couple, yeah. but they're they're black, so maybe get I'll... Get the camo ones. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, those are, those are good looking. Okay, Jeremy, while you're at it, you want to take us into housekeeping? Yes, yes. Uh, let me scroll down to it. Okay, um, here's how you can get involved, my friends. Um, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, I... Yeah, you can go to iTunes or whatever, and uh, as people always say, it helps other people see the podcast. That'd be awesome. You could do it. Um, If you want to say something mean, that's fine, but still give us five stars. Exactly. Uh, Us. This is like the first time I've been on the show. Give (laughs) us five stars, guys. Uh, (laughs) You are are extremely important (laughs) to this podcast. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes to those fantastic shorts that I just mentioned. Um, what you can do is you can click on that link and you will go to amazon.com and then you can save, uh, even if you do it in the mobile web browser on your phone, you can save that to your home screen as a little icon, put it on another, doesn't have to be on the first page. If, if it's going to bother you to see it on there, put it on the second or third page, but somewhere where you can get to it. 
Don't put it in a folder for sure. Um, and then, <laughs> and then anytime you want to shop on Amazon, just tap that button. And when you do, whatever you buy, there'll be a couple pennies that come to the Tishi crew. So, uh, do it. We're going to space, guys. <laughs> yeah. We, we really need your help. Need to, <laughs> many, many to build up a fund. Many for this. jams. Uh, as far as contacting the Tishi family you can go to this show has everything.com or if you want to comment you can go to throw your phone.com there is a you that was one of the best things that you ever made <laughs> yes. i have a problem reserving urls so when i get an idea i just immediately go um get the url and probably one out of every 10 i actually do something with so we'll see uh, so you can go to the Facebook group, just search for Tishi and look for our logo. There's a bunch of people in there talking. You can find them on Twitter at Tishi Show. Email them, Tishi at 10710.com. Uh, you can send us a voice memo, which is kind of like a voicemail, except for you record it on your phone and then email it to us. Or you can fax Bobby whatever you want at 617 354 Eight five one three. Send Bobby a fax of a moon if you know what I mean. Hey. I mean, it doesn't have to be just just a butt. It could be it could be all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Just make sure. it gross. That's all. Just make it gross. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Is that it? Am I supposed to do something else now? Do I read that well, last line? Yeah, read it. Get okay. us out of here. All right. Uh, hey, everybody, be safe. Make your choices. Wash your hands. Thanks for joining us. And that was everything. Woohoo. About space. It really was. <laughs> it was nothing. I feel like it was the merest scratching of the surface. Of oh my That's gosh. the thing about space. <laughs> is there's so much. Believe it or not, <laughs> I held back. <laughs> Time, man. Your love is bright as ever Even in the shadows Baby, kiss me Before they turn the lights out Your heart is glowing I'm crashing to you Baby, kiss me Before they turn the lights out Before they turn the lights out Baby, love me Time is run now. Mm.